Next on Making Sense of the Madness, the inflation and supply chain crisis continues. Kirk Elliott reports, the puppets of the Great Reset are trying to disarm their populations. And there's a deeper spiritual dynamic at play. We're going to talk to award-winning journalist Graham Ledger and Alex Newman about the latest phase of the so-called Great Reset agenda and how we can fight back. We're going to question the mainstream narrative and expose media propaganda right now. We're introducing legislation to implement a national freeze on handgun ownership. What this means is that it will no longer be possible to buy, sell, transfer, or import handguns anywhere in Canada. In other words, we're capping the market for handguns. As a further part of this new legislation, we're also fighting gun smuggling and trafficking by increasing maximum criminal penalties and providing more tools for law enforcement to investigate firearm crimes. And we'll require the permanent alteration of long gun magazines so they can never hold more than five rounds. These are actions that doctors, experts, and chiefs of police have been calling for for years and we're acting on their advice. I also want to thank the advocates, many of whom are here today, for your tireless efforts. I know that for too many of you, Greece, grief and loss are at the root of the work that you do. I want to recognize that, and on behalf of all Canadians, I want to thank you for your strength. Merci. Well, the Great Reset agenda is more accelerated in some places than others. This freeze on handgun ownership in Canada is chilling, to say the least. We're going to discuss this topic at length with Graham Ledger. But first, Kirk Elliott is a PhD economist and the founder of Kirk Elliott Private Advisors. And, you know, recently, Kirk, Biden called in the Fed Chairman Jerome Powell to visit the White House. Um, do you think he was talking to him about the rising prices of adult diapers since uh, he entered the White House? This inflation is out of control. I mean, probably. I mean, you're going to talk about what you're buying, right? It's like the prices are out of control. I mean, that's what everybody talks about. People talk about gas at the pumps and everything else. Like, you know, we talk about diesel fuel, the cost of groceries, the cost of gas. I mean, everything, right? So that's they probably talked about something silly like that. So, but the fact that they're talking about it means that it it they don't know what to do about it, right? So, so but it's not just here in America. I mean, Christine Lagarde. In, in Europe, their their inflation hit officially 8.1%. Ours is 8.3%. Obviously fabricated numbers too, right? Because, I mean, they have the same kind of stupid arbitrary adjustments that, that we've had since 1996 because unofficially inflation is hovering around 25%. So these, these are problems moving forward that they really don't know how to fix. And when you when you look back at some other comments made over the last week, um, you know, people like Ben Bernanke saying uh, the Fed's screwed up. 
we didn't tackle inflation quick enough, right? They should have tackled it when inflation was at 2%, not 8.3%, because now their policy mechanisms to fix it are going to be very, very detrimental when we're in a world that has so much inflation, so much debt, raising rates to try to slow it down is, is a pickle. And you've got you've got people like um, Barry Adelson, who you know, large billionaire hedge fund manager, right, saying, "Well, I don't think they're going to fix it with interest rates. I think they're just going to let the markets collapse. That's one way to fix inflation, right? Is to just let the markets collapse. That'll take care of it. So, so when you start to add this stuff up, Sean, it, it's not a very good outcome moving forward. And and just this morning, literally like ten minutes ago. I just read this this article by the CEO of, of MasterCard um, said that uh, the SWIFT system, right, that, that Biden used to get get to Russia, right? No, no more bank wires going in and out of Russia, which caused them to have their own SWIFT equivalent with China and them, right? So he said within five years, any kind of SWIFT program or alternative will be a thing of the past because central bank digital currencies are going to be the name of the game. So what does that mean for everybody? Well, like what Justin Trudeau just said, they're they're stopping all transfer of, of you know, handguns, no buying, no selling. Well, under a, a central bank digital currency, you can see the source of funds. They're going to know when this stuff is, is happening. And so this, everything that they're talking about, which is probably they're going to use inflation as the kind of pinpoint to move into a different direction to get another currency, right? They got to fix it. Well, it's all going to come with Big Brother written all over it. And there will be no more privacy of transactions anywhere on the planet once you go to central bank digital currency and using centralized blockchain, which is not private. Decentralized blockchain is pretty private. Centralized blockchain is not because it will record the source of all funds from transaction to transaction to transaction. Yeah, Kirk, you just named it. It's this accelerating great reset agenda of a surveillance state and money is really behind it. And I do agree that whatever chaos happens, they're going to use that as the excuse to roll out what they really want. Um, so how can people prepare? Well, you've got it. Two, two things. Number one, get out of the stock and bond market like it has the plague. Get out yesterday. Um I mean, we, we've seen the stock market come down 29% on the NASDAQ over the last six months. S&P 500 down like 21% year to date. Go into gold and silver, counter cyclical type of an asset. So the same fundamentals that cause stocks and bonds to come down cause gold and silver to go up. So I would allocate into as much silver as humanly possible, given the light of the economy that we're in, not just here domestically, but globally, gobble up silver. Ultimately, we'll lock in profits in silver, roll them into gold. And by that point, we probably have a currency that's backed by gold. And if you can own the backing of a currency before it backs the currency, it's like lights out. You're going to have perpetual growth moving forward. So to start, though, liquidate your stocks, bonds, mutual funds, gobble up silver, give our office a call. We can help you do that with your IRA assets, non-IRA assets. It's easy. We'll help you navigate through that. Absolutely, Kirk. And when we started talking about this, and, and you've been talking about this for, for quite a long time, but it didn't seem as realistic for having a gold-backed currency until well, now. <laughs> now. Now it really is seeming more and more plausible and, and not just some kind of theory. So thank you for 
enlightening us today. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk to Graham Ledger. Talk to us about how the Democrats' anti-gun agenda, uh, you know, what we can do to fight it back uh, as soon as we get back. Government-induced inflation, taxes, rising interest rates, and political instability, they all have a crushing effect on our investments, often causing the stock market to go down. They can also cause gold and silver to go up. There's a time to be in stocks, bonds, and mutual funds, and there's a time to get out. This is the time to hold gold and silver. Kirk Elliott, double PhD, has been protecting individual Americans' assets for more than two decades. Hi, I'm Kirk Elliott. There's no such thing as a bad investment. There's only bad timing for investments. And now is the time to own gold and silver. Now is the time to own physical metals in an IRA, a 401k, and of course, outside of a retirement plan. Don't let the government destroy your hard-earned assets. Please call 720-605-3900. 720-605-3900 for gold, silver, and undeniable economic protection against out-of-control government. Well, Graham Ledger is an Emmy Award-winning newsman, formerly of One American News. Graham, let's talk about Biden's recent statements about the 9 millimeter. <laughs> well, uh, it was insane. But then again, uh, a lot that comes out of Joe Biden's mouth lately does not make a heck of a lot of sense. For folks who uh, didn't hear, uh, I believe on Memorial Day Monday, he was interviewed in front of the um, uh, Marine One helicopter, a lot of noise. And he was asked about you know, what he would do in response to the, the tragic shooting in Texas at the school there. And he was talking about how a nine millimeter, a 22 round could lodge into a lung and doctors could remove it. And that somehow a nine millimeter was gonna blow a lung out of a human body. Now, anybody with a brain knows that that's physically not possible. A nine millimeter round, yes, is larger than a 22, Joe Biden. But I would remind Joe Biden that, that those guys around him in, in the suits, you know, Sean, what I'm talking about? The guys in the suits with the sunglasses and the little earpieces, those uh, gentlemen uh, who work for the Secret Service, what kind of gun do you think they're carrying, Sean? They're probably carrying that lung-destroying nine millimeter. We actually have the huh. clip. Uh, let, let's play it so people people can see it for themselves. And they showed me a, 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 a X-ray. He said a 22 caliber bullet will lodge in the lung, and we can probably get it out. Maybe able to get it and save the life. A nine millimeter bullet blows the lung out of the body. So the idea of these high-caliber weapons. Is of, there is simply no rational basis for it in terms of about self-protection, hunting. I mean, I just I remember the Constitution, the Second Amendment, was never absolute. Okay, he keeps saying this I nonsense. The Constitution about the was absolute. <laughs> it is absolute. It's an absolute protection of our rights. And I would remind Joe Biden why the framers of the Constitution gave us the Second Amendment. Maybe he needs a bit of a history lesson here. They gave us the Second Amendment, uh, not necessarily for self-protection, not necessarily for hunting, although that was kind of folded in there at the time. They gave us the Second Amendment to keep tyranny at bay, to keep tyrannical politicians like Joe Biden and like Hillary Clinton 
And, and like Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and Gavin Newsom and on and on and on and on, they gave us the Second Amendment so these people wouldn't take away and strip away our constitutional rights. It has nothing to do with a nine millimeter or 22 round. It has everything to do with protecting our God-given rights. That's what the Constitution is supposed to do. These rights are enumerated not from government. They're, they're given to us by God, G-O-D. And the Constitution is designed to protect those rights. And the framers gave us the Second Amendment right next to the First Amendment to protect all of those rights. And some things are not enumerated in the Constitution. And this is, of course, where the Marxists are going crazy. But, Sean, I have some information. For, oh, we should address Trudeau. Do you want me to address Trudeau real quick here and what he said? Yeah, I wanted to ask you. I mean, we know what happens in a country where they don't have the type of constitution we have. What, they, what can happen and, and is happening before our eyes. Is it absolutely surreal for you to witness what's happening in Canada right now? You know, I, I often don't even bother um, dealing with other countries, in particular, this country to the north of us, sometimes the country to the south of us. But sometimes you do have to pay attention as a canary in a coal mine situation, which is why I focus a lot of my attention on California, because I think California is the canary in the coal mine. I don't know that Trudeau is canary in the coal mine, but look, look at that video of him talking and all the... Um, the little sycophants behind him with the masks on going like this and clapping and they've gone off the complete and total deep end. And I've got friends who are Canadian and they split their time between the United States and Canada. If this isn't the moment in time where you say, okay, enough is enough. I don't know what is. It was enough for me during the government response to the virus and his ironclad lockdown and attack on people's human dignity and human rights then, now he's attacking Canadians' rights to defend themselves against a tyrannical government, which just happens to be Justin Trudeau. I have a question for Mr. Trudeau, uh, and this is a rational one. So he wants to limit the magazines to five rounds. What if, Mr. Trudeau, I have two or three burglars uh, in my house, and I'm not a very good shot, and I want to defend my family? What happens if I miss a couple, three rounds and I only got two left? Do I tell the bad guys, hey, can you, can you wait a minute while I reload my firearm so I can shoot you dead? I mean, this is the kind of Marxist thinking that is now unfortunately permeating our country. But I want to tell you about the mass shootings, the so-called mass shootings, Sean. It's, it's important to know the definition of a mass shooting at a school. They've been keeping track, the FBI has since 1966, of, of mass shootings. How do you define a mass shooting? It's four or more individuals killed on a school campus. Since 1966, there have been 13 mass shootings in this country, but they've been keeping track since 1966, but all of these mass shootings have happened since 1989. Now, that's what we should focus on. What was different in the 1950s? What was different in the 1940s? What was different in the 1970s? That suddenly in the last 33 years or so, there have been these incidents. Well, I could tell you a couple of things. I'm sure you could point out a couple of things, Sean. One, to me, more than anything else, is the Marxist takeover of our society and screwing up the brains of, of young people in various ways, telling them they're gender X or, or taking God out of schools. That's certainly... Uh, one or two of the main things. 
these incidents just simply did not happen. In fact, you know, in, in the in the 50s and the 60s, kids often brought their rifles to school, not to murder people, but to take target practice. And during PE, you can look it up. It, it happens. So so when we have these politicians come out and they say, oh, we have to do something and they wring their hands. And you know who's going to be the great capitulator on this one, Sean? I guarantee you it's going to be Mitch McConnell and Cornyn from Texas. They're caving. They're wobbling already. Joe Biden has signaled that he's able to work with those people. That means they're going to cave. They're going to cave on assault weapons or, or possibly a universal background check. Remember what universal background checks are all about. They're about a national database. They want to know who owns what firearm. And again, California is the canary in the coal mine. In California, you, they do a background check on you now just to buy ammunition. So you want to buy 22 ammunition, you want to go shoot tin cans out in the country somewhere, they do a background check on you. That's where we are headed. Remember the reason. It's just like what Kirk Elliott was talking about, the surveillance state. They want to roll it out uh, at a lot of different levels here. The the economic dimension is what he was discussing. But yeah, for the, for the government to know exactly how many bullets you have ever owned, that's a very scary thought. Uh, so unbelievable we're going in this direction. And I, I do believe that that's one of the cultural changes that you mentioned is prayer and God has left the schools since that generation when we didn't have mass shootings. But, you know, it's very convenient that they do the statistics that way, because if they included uh, the statistics for Chicago, what happens there every single weekend, they would find a lot of mass shootings. Yeah, you know, the bottom line is, Sean, a, a person who goes to church or believes in God um, or goes to synagogue, they wouldn't commit what this maniac did in uh, Texas and uh, Parkland wouldn't have happened and Columbine would not have happened. But again, these are recent incidents. And speaking of school, can I tell you about something else that the Biden administration um, is looking to do right now? And this should be a concern, not only to people who have children, it's very important that you pay attention to what they're doing in the classroom. Again, California is the model for this. The Marxists took over the school boards. They took over the schools during the late 60s, early 70s in California. And now they rule with an iron fist right along with the teachers union. And that's how they're able to get away with this Marxist indoctrination and the crap that they're filling these young people's head with, um, you know, putting a, cucumber, a condom on a cucumber instead of teaching about possibly how to balance a checkbook. This is why this is happening in California, and they want to bring it to a school and a school district near you. Here's the Biden administration now saying that they are going to reinterpret Title IX. What's Title IX? Title IX is something relatively simple that schools that take federal money cannot discriminate based on gender. Well, now we have the Biden administration saying if there is a boy, but the boy wants to be referred to as a he, a she, a her or a she, and you don't refer to that boy as a her or a she, you could lose your federal funding, you school, under Title IX, this broad and decrepit Marxist interpretation of, of Title IX. So in other words, it allows the Biden administration to use gender ID as part of Title IX, 
where is this going? Well, this is basically dovetails into this Leah Thompson guy, right? This guy, and it's, it was really interesting because Donald Trump, uh, during our coverage of Donald Trump's latest rally from Casper, Wyoming, the American Media Periscope coverage, he was talking about Leah Thompson. And he was talking about how a, a young lady can work her entire life. He used one in specifically a, a weightlifter that, that she struggled. I don't know which woman that he was talking about, but she struggled for years to lift a certain amount, 200 pounds, and she finally lifts it. And all of a sudden this guy comes along who says he's a girl, boom, presses 200 pounds, now has a new record. And as Donald Trump put it, that record will stand until the next guy comes along. I mean, this is, this is insanity. So they are holding these schools and universities hostage. Any school, any university that takes any kind of federal funding now has to say, oh, Leah Thompson, you're perfectly fine. So this is where the fourth branch of government gets weaponized. This is why when Donald Trump rode into town in 2016, wanting to drain the swamp, the fourth branch of government is the swamp. And there are tens of thousands of people in the fourth branch of government who have quasi police powers when it says nothing of the kind in this here booklet we call the United States Constitution. These fourth branch of government agencies like the Department of Education, they don't exist in the Constitution. They're figments of Congress. And unless we have Congress come up and say, hey, we're going to no longer have the Department of Education, we're going to continue to have this problem. Absolutely. And this leftist religion of uh, getting the pronouns perfectly every time is such a perfectionism that everyone's doomed to fail, which makes it just perfect to be able to yank the funds from whoever you want to yank to punish your political enemies. So how can mothers, fathers, uh, you know, how can they fight back against this type of thing? Or maybe not just parents at schools, you know, the overall uh, anti-gun agenda. What do you think are some, some action points for citizens? Well, for the schools, uh, this is really the hill to die on. It's the schools and the school districts. And, you know, for parents, you have some choices. They're not easy choices. Uh, they are difficult choices, but it is the hill to die on. In fact, on AmericanMediaPeriscope.com, the website, I just did an interview with two ladies, two parents in the Florida, west coast of Florida area, who are fighting their school board because they have Marxist people on the school board. And so this is their hill that they're dying on. But there are options. For example, if you want your child, who's maybe in high school right now, thinking about going to college, um, to not be indoctrinated, not be propagandized, and go to a university that doesn't take federal funding, by the way, that teaches about the United States Constitution. I'll give you an example, Hillsdale College. There are other examples out there, but there is some relief for parents out there, and Hillsdale College is an example of that relief. Interesting effect that's been going on in New Jersey that was just reported is that the population, the school population in New Jersey, the pupils, uh, has decreased rather significantly, somewhere in the order of maybe 5-10%. Now that is a significant hit to the population of a school. So where are these kids going? Well, they could be moving out of the state or they could be homeschooled or they could be put in a private school, um, a Christian school. And, and that is the choice. It ain't an easy one to homeschool your children. It's very, very difficult, especially when people are working. But there are options out there. And I 
am one of these people who believes that this is, is so important because this is the future generations of this republic. These are the people who are going to be leading this country at some point. And again, using California as the model, they played the long game over there. Decades later, they're churning out young Marxists who are now voting for Gavin Newsom, think he's doing a great job by a four to one margin during the recall election. That's how Gavin Newsom stays in, in office. Parents who are asleep at the switch and, and then minting new Marxist voters. So there is some relief out there. Um, and it, it is um, taking your kids out of the public school system completely. And there's an organization called the Foundation for American Christian Education, face.net, F-A-C-E dot net is an organization that helps uh, churches, for example, or just communities in general, set up private schools so they have alternatives. And again, this is easier said than done. But if you care about the future of this republic, if you care about the future of your children, you're going to figure out a way to get it done because this is a Marxist assault on their brains so they can mint out new Marxist voters in perpetuity in this country. That is the goal. You're so right that the public schooling has turned into an indoctrination. And one way to counter it is, is like you said, through the Foundation for uh, American Christian Education. I have a friend with five kids homeschooled all of them with the curriculum from their program. And, uh, you know, it's also another way to avoid uh, mass shootings at schools, although they are quite rare. Uh, you can keep them at home or you can, you know, have your own private school where people are allowed to carry guns and protect the kids. Uh, that's another point that a lot of parents are thinking about today because they were not happy with the way the police reacted to the recent tragedy. Uh, so, Graham, we talked about what parents can do. What about people who just feel like they, they want to stand up for gun rights right now and it's not easy to do it what are some some action points for them well i would uh, get into the the grill of your local representative uh your your uh representative in washington dc whoever it is and let them know that you stand for the second amendment and remind them why the second amendment exists you know the marxists don't want you to remember they don't want you to know your history that the second amendment exists to stop them from doing what they're doing uh, in this country and it doesn't mean that you're going to go with a firearm and, and threaten Nancy Pelosi. That's not what I'm talking about. But there's a reason the framers gave us the Second Amendment. Always in the back of the minds of these Marxists is the fact that, yeah, there is an armed society in this country and they can not stand it. And that's why you have a Justin Trudeau up there attacking what little gun rights exist in Canada. He's basically closing the door uh, on these things. So, you know, it's, it's the old adage, get engaged and, and, and get involved. Otherwise, uh, bad things are going to happen. One of my favorite quotes from the Bible that I probably use too often is, evil can only prevail when good is silent. And so we have this so-called silent majority in this country. You cannot be silent anymore. You have got to stand up for your rights. You've got to stand up to protect the border. If you live in, in the Texas area, we're going to lose Texas if this flood continues um, along our southern border. You need to stand up for your rights in these uh, red states that are being attacked from within by, by the Marxists, in particular uh, Georgia I'm thinking of. You've got to get engaged and you've got to stay engaged because this is a battle for the heart and soul of our republic. And, and 
I, I've, I've said this before, I'll say it again. This is our Pearl Harbor. Unfortunately, it's an internal a war, an internal attack on our constitutional rights, but it's nonetheless an attack. Absolutely. We know what the Nazis did before they took over. They disarmed their population. That's exactly what these communists want to do now. It's not just in America. It's in Canada. It's all over the place. It's a great reset agenda. Thank you for reporting for us today, Graham. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we'll talk to Alex Newman. He's going to dive into this reset agenda, what we can do to fight back uh, at other dimensions as soon as we get back. Did you know that annuities are a great way to protect a portion of your retirement portfolio from downside risk? And unlike CDs and money market accounts, they accumulate tax deferred and can participate in the upside of market indexes. And they are probate free and can provide an income that you can't outlive. With all the different companies, features, indexes, and benefits which annuities offer, it can be confusing choosing which annuity is best for your unique situation. Let a company you can trust help you select an annuity that's right for you. Call the Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. That's a Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. Add an annuity to your retirement portfolio and start enjoying the many benefits that smart investors love. The Cleveland Insurance Group, 844-USA-2024. Well, Alex Newman is an award-winning journalist and founder of the Liberty Sentinel. Alex, what are the latest moves or, or signals of the deep state that you think are worthy of analysis and, and what can we do to counter it? Well, thank you very much for having me on the program. It's uh, great to be with you. And, you know, right now we're coming off two major, major, highly significant events in Switzerland. We had the World Economic Forum, which is kind of the, the front group for the global elites, the global predator class just uh, meeting in Davos, Switzerland. And at the same time as that was going on, uh, the global health totalitarians were meeting nearby in Geneva to discuss uh, amending the international health regulations. Now, uh, it looks like they were dealt uh, something of a setback in Geneva at their uh, at their planned meeting. They were hoping to just uh, slide through these 13 amendments that the Biden administration proposed. Uh, it looks like they did not get their way on that. But uh, we need to recognize that this is just the first battle in what's going to be a very long war. In fact, uh, as we speak, they're now working on what they call the International Pandemic Treaty. And uh, from what I understand, they're hoping to roll the, the amendments that they weren't able to get through to the international health regulations into this new international pandemic treaty. And if you read the things that they themselves are saying about it, they want to give uh, the power to the WHO to sanction nations and governments that won't participate in this. They want to give power to silence what they claim is misinformation, which is uh, basically truth. Uh, we know the biggest purveyors of disinformation have been the WHO, the CDC, and uh, the individuals and groups and governments associated with them. So uh, right now, I think that one of the top priorities for people who are watching the deep state is uh, what's going on in the field of health. And I'll say one more thing, Sean, and I'll hand it back to you. Um, you know, when you realize that the World Health Organization and their associated forces are now calling everything a public health crisis, they're saying that gun violence is a public health crisis, they're saying that racism is a public health crisis, they're saying that climate change uh, is a public health crisis, and of course they argue that climate change is caused by the gas we exhale, you realize there are no limits to the powers that they're trying to usurp with this uh, WHO machine. Absolutely. It's scary to think they want pretty much everything to be within their jurisdiction. They want us to give up our individual and uh, national sovereignty and just hand it over to them. Is that so easy as just getting uh, these 
these puppets to ratify some type of treaty? Is it that easy or do you think they're going to have to get some buy-in uh, from the populations? Well, it looks like they're not planning to actually get this ratified properly as a treaty, right? It looks like the Biden administration is hoping to do what the Obama administration did during the climate change negotiations. I was actually in Paris at the UN climate summit there when they came up with this abominable thing called the Paris Agreement. And what they did was they, the UN was saying it was a treaty, right? And other governments were saying it was a treaty. Uh, the communist dictatorship in China had to get it rubber stamped by their legislature, which is, of course, a rubber stamp. But then the Obama administration said, no, 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 this is not a treaty for the purposes of the U.S. Constitution that would require uh, ratification by two-thirds of U.S. senators. Rather, this is what he described as an executive agreement. We're just tacking stuff on to a previous treaty that was already approved. Uh, and so he came back to the United States and right away started implementing this pseudo-treaty that he never got ratified using executive orders, executive memoranda, presidential memoranda, edicts to the different administrative agencies. But uh, the effect on Americans was just as catastrophic as if it were a treaty. It's only that uh, they didn't go through the proper constitutional procedures. But I'll add one more thing to all of this. Even if they somehow managed to get this ratified as a treaty. And I think that's a big if. Uh, just in the last uh, week or so, we've had numerous senators speaking out. We had uh, one of the senators from my state here, Senator Rick Scott, introduce uh, legislation that would make sure that the WHO has no influence in policymaking here in the United States. Uh, we had uh, Senator Rand Paul going on Fox News talking about how this is an effort to create a one world government. It needs to be stopped. Uh, we had Senator Daines out of Montana warn uh, the Biden administration that we need to get out of the WHO, that they need to stop this power grab. Uh, we had the House Freedom Caucus send a, a letter to Biden saying we need to get out. We've got states now working on legislation and working on resolutions to neutralize this threat by saying that no state or local employee uh, of any government may participate in the enforcement of this. So they've got all that. Uh, that they're up against. But also, you know, our Constitution doesn't give the federal government any of these powers to begin with. Uh, if the federal government doesn't have these powers to begin with, how in the world do they think that they can pass those powers that they don't have to somebody else? So Thomas Jefferson made it clear in a letter in 1803, the Constitution does not grant uh, unlimited treaty making power. Otherwise, we'd have no Constitution if they could just grant themselves new powers by adopting a treaty. Uh, and the Supreme Court reaffirmed that as recently as 1957 in Reed versus Covert. They said uh, the U.S. government cannot grant new powers to itself just by ratifying a treaty. So even in the off chance that they manage to get this ratified, uh, every American needs to understand this is totally illegitimate. It's a complete usurpation. Absolutely. That was going to be my next question. If if what they're trying to do is completely illegal anyway, uh, then, you know, does it can it really be enforced uh, only if they they get our, our, our obedience? You know, so is civil disobedience going to be part of the, the solution to counter this? Absolutely. And, and I think even more importantly, we need leadership from our states right now. My governor here in, in Florida has uh, already publicly stated that we are not going to be obeying and we're not going to be bound by this. Uh, and we need every state, especially every Republican state, every conservative state, every state with a Republican legislature to say, look, we don't care what kind of illegitimate power grabs Biden uh, signs us up to because that's not going to apply in Florida or Georgia or South Carolina or North Carolina or Tennessee or Alabama or Mississippi or Oklahoma or Kansas or uh, uh, Nebraska or Montana or Idaho, you know, na name your state. Uh, if we can all stand together and say, look, you can come up with whatever silly treaties you want. You can enforce them in Washington, D.C. But as for real America, uh, we're not going to do that. There, there really is very little that they could do. And, and that's encouraging. And I think uh, this is really 
uh, surprised the globalists. They were not expecting this much opposition to what they were doing. In fact, th these meetings usually take place with almost no media coverage, almost no attention. And yet, thanks to the work of the alternative media, this is now a major issue in state legislatures across the country. Even on the controlled opposition fake media like Fox News, they're now talking about this extensively because they know so many Americans are talking about it. They don't want to get left behind. So it's very encouraging the amount of opposition, and I think that's going to continue to grow. Absolutely. I remember just a, a few years ago, people didn't even know what the World Economic Forum even was. And now in the recent uh, Senate debates, it was one of the topics that the, one of the alternative candidates was pointing out that the other candidates were, were you know, World Economic Forum stooges. So, so it's, it's become a primary topic in politics, and that is a really good sign. But let's shift gears from, from the health side of things to the World Economic Forum side. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about their, their recent meeting, some of the different ways that they let the veil slip about what they're really trying to do? They talked about recalibrating free speech, whatever that means. They also uh, temporarily detained conservative reporter Jack Posobiec. So, so any other news that you want to cover regarding the World Economic Forum uh, event? Yeah, it's very interesting how brazen they're becoming. You know, it, it used to be they'd say, oh, we're not trying to make a world government. You guys are just being conspiracy theorists. You're just being extreme. Now they say, oh, yeah, we, we actually do want all of those things. And if you don't agree with us, you're extreme and you need to be silenced and you need to be canceled. So uh, the shift in tone has been quite remarkable. Uh, they're incredibly unpopular. And, and this is not just a U.S. phenomenon, right? This is now an international phenomenon where people are just absolutely sick and tired of these elitists flying in on private jets to lecture us about how we need to stop eating meat and we need to ride our bicycles and get rid of our cars to save the planet. I mean, the, the, the appearances of this are so outrageous. It's just reeks of hypocrisy. Uh, and, and the outrage is now, like I said, worldwide in Canada. Uh, one of the leading candidates to be prime minister. Uh, he's one of the heads of the opposition right now, and he may become prime minister if and when uh, the little dictator, Justin Castro, I mean, uh, Trudeau, <laughs> ends up uh, uh, being removed from power. Uh, he actually said publicly just recently that uh, once he's prime minister, none of his ministers will be allowed to attend the World Economic Forum. If they're part of it, they won't be allowed to participate in the government. Uh, and that's exactly the kind of attitude we need. You know, that right now, the World Economic Forum has all these so-called young global leaders. Uh, Klaus Schwab was bragging that Putin is one of the young global leaders and so many others, right, including Justin Trudeau in Canada, uh, many, many other top officials, uh, Emmanuel Macron in France. Uh, there's just endless numbers of these people, uh, as uh, Klaus Schwab had said, who had penetrated governments around the world. But uh, it's really becoming politically toxic. And I think one of the reasons YouTube got rid of their downvotes on their videos is because things like the World Economic Forum and other organizations like this, Front Groups for the Global Elite, would put out these ridiculous videos about how it's going to be so great when we give up our freedom for the sake of the planet or whatever, the justice or the economy or whatever. And uh, what they were seeing is you had a thousand downvotes to every one upvote. And so it was becoming very obvious to people that um, what the media was selling was not reality. And in fact, the public opposition to these things is overwhelming. That's another really positive sign that they're unpopular. However, they're, they're moving full steam ahead, aren't they? I mean, uh, they're, they're not slowing down. Uh, they just kind of moving on from COVID to the next latest thing, you know, standing with Ukraine. And now it's the gun, uh, the gun grab attempt. Uh, so they've also talked about cyber pandemic. What's on your, uh, your radar? Certainly monkeypox. What, what are some of the things that are on your radar for what they're going to try to pull next? 
Yeah, monkeypox and the next pandemic is absolutely huge. Uh, they've already got the tyranny infrastructure in place to uh, enslave us under the guise of keeping our health safe. As you mentioned, the, the gun control, it's huge. They're gonna go for broke on that. Uh, we've also got the planned uh, food shortages that are looming just over the horizon. Uh, they're now at the point where they're announcing it to the lemmings, which means you know, uh, you know, we're getting close. And, and it, at this point, it's probably too late to put that toothpaste back into the tube. Uh, you know, it, it took a lot of effort, a lot of planning and a lot of coordination to engineer a food shortage. I mean, in a country like America, we could produce enough food to feed the whole world almost effortlessly. They've been having to pay farmers not to grow food for as far back as I can remember. So this took a lot of planning and a lot of engineering. And I think this food crisis that's coming is going to be very significant. But to your point, Sean, this is um, very, very significant how this is, is all rolling out because they are moving ahead full speed without tapping the brakes. And I, I think the reason why is they realize they're in a race against time. You know, they, they can do some modeling. They can look at, all right, we're getting, I'm throwing numbers out there. A million people a week around the world are waking up to the fact that we're a bunch of diabolical totalitarian freaks and we don't want to keep you healthy. We want to either kill you or enslave you. Uh, you know, when you have an awakening taking place at this pace, uh, they realize if we don't get our agenda in place before X date, uh, there's going to be so many people awake that there's no chance we'll succeed. In fact, we're probably going to end up tarred tar and feathered if we're really lucky, if not prosecuted in a Nuremberg style tribunal. So this is do or die for them. You know, th there's not going to be any going back to normal and just pretending like none of this happened. Um, th we're really at, at a fork in the road and there are two alternatives. Either these people are going to win and uh, humanity is going to descend into a new dark age, a new uh, a neo feudalist slave empire or enough people are going to wake up and these clowns are going to be held accountable and they're going to be prosecuted for the dastardly crimes they committed against humanity. Those are the only two options I see going forward. There isn't any way back now to just, you know, okay, everybody cool down. Let's pretend like none of this happened. Everybody knows it happened and there's no going back. Absolutely. So, you know, I think you're right about the two different paths that humanity can take. And it's just surreal to be living at this kind of historical uh, time here. Uh, but, you know, I want to get your perspective on the spiritual side of things, because I know you're a Christian and you've reported uh, from that perspective many times. So, uh, you know, are there ways that the deep state is signaling openly that they they have a religion or that they are um, you know, evil or satanic or, or what have you? And how much of that is part of their um, their agenda? Or is it just many, many people who are just plain selfish and kind of are brainwashed and they just go along with the plan. How many people uh, do you think are aware of just how evil this plan is to enslave humanity? Yeah, once you get to the very top of the proverbial pyramid, what you'll find is that these people are just quite literally diabolical. Uh, they know they are serving evil. They fully appreciate that. Uh, they think that they're going to get power and money and control and these other uh, earthly rewards. Uh, they could not be more wrong. They may uh, enjoy some fun times here on Earth. If that's your idea of fun, it certainly is not mine, but uh, there are eternal consequences to that. Now, uh, that's not to say that everybody who is involved in promoting this evil agenda necessarily fully understands the full implications. Uh, you know, I think a, a lot of people at the lower rungs of the deep state hierarchy, say your average member of the Council on Foreign Relations, even a lot of the people who attend Bilderberg and the Bohemian Grove and these weirdo little groups that they have, um, you know, they are not fully illuminated, as the elites uh, like to call it. Uh, they have been brainwashed to believe that uh, the cause of war is national sovereignty, that if we would just all pool all of our military forces together under a one world system, it would lead to peace and global kumbaya and equality and all the rest of it. 
So there are plenty of people who have been brainwashed into these uh, horrific ideals, not realizing where this ends, not realizing what the motivation is of the people above them. Um, but yeah, at the highest levels, I mean, this is so clear. And the Bible speaks of this from Genesis to Revelation, right? We're dealing with uh, lies. We know who the father of lies is. The father of lies is, of course, Satan. Uh, and the Bible repeatedly tells us that the whole world is divided into two camps. Uh, and there's only two camps, ultimately. There is uh, God's camp, and then there is Satan's, right? Uh, Jesus calls these people uh, children of your father, the devil. And um, when, when you really boil that down, what you'll find is that even people who aren't consciously aware of what they're doing, uh, they truly are serving evil purposes. And uh, unless you understand that, I don't think you can understand the true nature of the battle that we currently find ourselves in. Yes, it's always good to hear a citizen journalist bring, bring the Bible <laughs> as, a, as a reference point because uh, something as timeless as that gives us some perspective uh, that the history just uh, repeats itself. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then when we get back, we're going to dig even deeper with Alex Newman. We're talking to award-winning journalist Alex Newman of the Liberty Sentinel. Alex, you were talking about this race against time where these deep state operatives are doing whatever they can to advance their agenda before it's too late and they're held accountable. And that there is this great awakening taking place of just the regular populations realizing what's going on. What do you think are the greatest catalysts to people waking up? We've got the CNN style, you know, information control mechanism kind of crumbling, you know, their ratings are in the, the tank, you know, all these people who work for them are getting arrested and you've got Truth Social and Rumble and these alternative platforms growing at light speed. We've got the Durham investigation coming to light. What are some of the, the catalysts to, to the Great Awakening? Well, I think there's several things. Uh, you know, I, I believe in the sovereignty of God, and so I believe God's hand is in this. I believe God is strengthening His remnant. He's uh, giving courage and uh, knowledge and wisdom to pastors and the leaders of the church, and that's all uh, critically important. But you know, a big part of it too is the crumbling of the propaganda machine. Uh, people have realized on mass that they are being not just uh, deceived in a mild way. The, the fake news isn't just biased. It, it is literally complete lies, complete fabrications. It is psychological terrorism. Uh, and so as people realize this, and you know, it, it takes different people, different amounts of time, and, and sometimes it's a different 
trigger that causes it not to borrow their language but you know say you're a medical doctor and you're watching one of these fake news programs and they say something that you know to be untrue well if they would lie about that what else would they lie about and so this awakening is happening all over the world uh, at, at different paces for different individuals different nations different regions but this is happening and, and i think a big part of that too is the rise of uh, what's sometimes known as the alternative media or the independent media uh, things like american media periscope uh, the, the proliferation of freedom-oriented truth oriented publications, radio shows, talk shows. Uh, and, and really, I think the internet has been probably one of the most critical things in this transition. Uh, for for generations, uh, you know, and, and I studied uh, in, in journalism school. I went to the College of Journalism at uh, one of the top journalism schools in America. And, and they still, when I was there in the, in the 2008 time period, they still were referring to themselves as the gatekeepers. They still lived in this delusion that the professional class of journalists would be gatekeepers and would be deciding what kind of information the people are going to access. And yet it was obvious to me at that time that had already crumbled. People were already getting their news from alternative sources. I mean, Lou Rockwell was blowing up. Alex Jones was blowing up. I mean, it was the, the proliferation of, of information contrary to the official narrative was so huge. And yet these journalism professors still lived in this delusion. So I think they, they realize that and now they're going for broke, trying to silence everybody online. They want to censor, they want to uh, rig the algorithms, they want to shadow ban everybody on Google. But, uh, you know, the, the cat is out of the bag, so to speak, and uh, they're not going to be able to undo that. Once somebody wakes up, it's not like they're going to go back to sleep, right? The entire movement of people is in one direction. It's from the, the delusions into the truth. There are almost no people who wake up and then say, you know what, I think I'm going to go back to believing CNN. It just doesn't happen. Good point. It is an irreversible process. But what's interesting to me is that it's not just happening in one institution. It's not just political or economic or uh, religious. So, you know, it's every single institution. The traditional one is crumbling and there's a new one taking its place. Uh, let's talk about the religious institutions. You've got people like Archbishop Viganò uh, talking about the deep church and really exposing the Vatican. And certainly we have the same thing happening in, in Protestant churches and, and just people are just waking up in general all over the place. Any comments on uh, the deep church, how they're implicated in all of this and any other institutions you want to speak on? Yeah, I, I think that's critical. I, I don't think we would be in this mess if pastors had been preaching the whole counsel of God, as the Bible commands, from the pulpit over the last 50 or 60 years. It never would have gotten this far. Uh, and it, I'm, I'm incredibly encouraged by the awakening that we're seeing. I mean, we're seeing, uh, I, I call them evangelifish, right? A lot of evangelical pastors that have absolutely no spine. They'll just go whichever way the wind goes. Uh, suddenly, they're bucking up and they're speaking out. Same thing with, within the Catholic hierarchy. Same thing within the Orthodox hierarchy. We saw some of the Greek Orthodox leadership uh, blatantly calling out the lies surrounding the uh, the COVID injections uh, during the COVID pandemic. So we're seeing incredible things happening in the church. Uh, I think we're seeing a real division, right? We saw it so clearly during COVID. You had the pastors that just blindly accepted the government's fraudulent narrative and disobeyed scripture. Uh, and then you have the pastors that didn't, right? And, and without getting into denominational differences, you know, I know Pentecostals don't always agree with reformed and whatever, all that aside, uh, very, very significant pastors like John MacArthur, 
uh, Reformed uh, Baptist out in uh, California said very clearly, you know what? Uh, Governor Newsom is not the head of the church. Jesus Christ is the head of the church. So we're going to obey scripture. Uh, Hebrews 10 commands us to forsake not meeting together with the brethren. And so, you know, sorry, Governor Newsom, we'll honor you, we'll respect you, but we're not going to obey that. We're going to continue meeting. So you had uh, pastors like him who then influenced thousands of additional pastors. And again, the same thing has been happening across denominations. Uh, and that is incredibly encouraging. And then there's one more institution that I think has been incredibly important to this whole awakening, and that is education. Uh, faith in the government school system has never been lower. It is crumbling. People are fleeing the government school systems like they'd be fleeing a burning building, taking their children with them. And uh, the rise in homeschooling is incredibly significant. Here in my state, we have something like 20% of children, uh, school-aged children who are being educated at home. We've got another 15, maybe 20% in private schools. So the exodus is accelerating and each of these children who's getting a good education at home or in a good Christian school is going to end up being uh, a true scholar, a seeker of truth, somebody who values liberty and morality and the principles outlined in the Bible. So uh, this is all incredibly encouraging to me. It is. It's like training up future generations of patriots to to defend freedom. So it's probably the deep state's uh, worst nightmare that we would uh, leave their indoctrination centers and, and start training up the future generations. So the implications are huge. Uh, any any other comments on on how we can pass on uh, this awakening knowledge? Because you're a journalist, you're you're, you're reporting on, on breaking news events, you're giving your your analysis. Uh, how can people wake up others? Well, I want to encourage people not to sit on the sidelines. You know, everybody can't do everything, but everybody can do something. So instead of just consuming this broadcast, get the link and send it out to your mailing list. Send it out to the people in your sphere of influence, your friends, your family, your neighbors, the people at your church, the pastor, the elders, uh, whoever it is, right? Uh, or, or get involved in, in, in politics somehow. Run for office. If you're not willing to run for office, find somebody who's running for office who you support and back them. Go knock doors for them. Go raise money for them. Go make phone calls for them. Uh, go show up and, at sign wavings for them. Uh, just find some way to get involved. And, and, you know, it begins with educating ourselves. So uh, make sure you're a subscriber to AMP. Make sure you're subscribing to good publications that'll tell you the truth. And then when you're done getting that information, pass it on, not just to your children, but to other people in your community and get involved somehow. Uh, now's the time. If we don't take advantage of this opportunity, we may not get another one. So get off the sidelines if you're on them and do something. Absolutely. Tell us about Liberty Sentinel. Tell us about uh, the programming that, that you're involved in now and how people can connect with you on social media. Yeah, thank you so much. So LibertySentinel.org, that's my uh, personal website. It's an eclectic mix of uh, everything from sermons that I give to speeches to, to things that people send me, articles that I think are, are useful to readers. Uh, we've also got a shop there and a whole lot of great information. Uh, I'm also the senior editor at The New American Magazine. People can find us at TheNewAmerican.com. Uh, you can subscribe to the print magazine, bypass all the, the internet censorship and all the rest of it. And when you're done reading, pass it along. Uh, I write for a lot of different publications, uh, including the Epoch Times. I have a, a big article that just appeared there about the New York State's attack on uh, independent private schools. They're trying to get them to become basically government schools. So uh, lots of different ways. Uh, also, I'm the executive director of Public School Exit. If people want to help get their kids out of school, go to publicschoolexit.com. Uh, it's a short list of the things I do. There are many more, but I want to thank you for having me on the program. It's always great to be on American Media Periscope, and uh, hopefully we'll chat again very soon. Absolutely. Thank you for fighting the good fight. You just listed a lot of things you're involved with. So really appreciate you sharing your time with us today. God bless you, sir. you, sir. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, I'll give you my final thoughts.
I'm Clay Clark and I'm not an inventor. And this is Bob. My name is Bob Healy and I'm the inventor of the Grill Blazer Grill Gun. Gentlemen, let me introduce you to the Grill Gun. Oh! I would have greened that anyway. I need that! Yes! So Bob, how does your equation work? Okay, now hang on. It's a fairly sophisticated equation. You have a grill gun. It creates fire. Fire plus grilling equals America. You push it down and... Yeah. <laughs> it is a lot of fun. Check it out! <laughs> fire plus grilling equals America. Thank you for watching AmericanMediaPeriscope.com, America's Patriot-only network. This is Making Sense of the Madness. It is Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern. Thank you for watching today. It was really surreal to see those clips of both the President of the United States and the Prime Minister of Canada openly saying they want to take your guns from you. This is something that uh, people on the right have been saying for decades, and they were always brushed aside and said, no, you're conspiracy theorists. No one wants to take your guns away from you, but it's happening before our eyes, just like they did in Nazi Germany and other communist countries uh, where they committed genocides against the people. They first had to take the guns away from the population. But we're not gonna just stay on the sidelines, are we? I mean, this is the main message from Graham Ledger and from Alex Newman, is that we have to do something. Uh, you know, we heard the phrase from Graham, this is the hill to die on as, as far as protecting your kids in public schools. But luckily, we don't have to die, do we? I mean, that's a figure of speech. We don't have to be violent. We don't have to die. We really just have to raise our voice and share the truth. Share the truth with our children. Raise up future, future generations of patriots, our children and our grandchildren. But just sharing the truth with others. As simple as sharing the link to this show and others to really wake people up to what's going on, it is going to accelerate the Great Awakening. And there's nothing that the World Economic Forum and the World Health Organization and all of those operatives that work for them and with them can do once the people wake up and say simply, no, I wanna keep my individual sovereignty, I wanna keep my national sovereignty, I wanna keep my freedom. And so this is what it's all about, this is what we have to do, speak up, raise your voice, get involved, get engaged. Uh, local action equals national impact. As General Flynn says, I wanna say thank you for watching. God bless all you patriots. Good night and good luck.